1: Be a part of Going In Raw today at patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson. Starting at $1 a month, you can enjoy Going In Raw ad-free, gain access to the daily 30-minute Going In Raw post-show, exclusive merchandise, and so much more. Support Going In Raw today. Click the link in the description. Boys and girls, this is the Undisputed Era, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, Roderick Strong, and you're listening to Going In Raw, baby. What's up, it's your girl Sasha Banks, legit boss. You are watching, going in raw. You like that? This
2: is Shayna Baszler, and you're watching, going in raw.
1: What's up? This is the most must see WWE superstar of all time and his lovely, gorgeous wife, Marie. (laughs) And you are going in SmackDown Live. This is the glorious one, Bobby Roode, and you're watching, going in raw.
0: Hey guys. Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. What's up? It's the moonwalking, and trash talking princess of
1: Staten Island. I want to remind you all that Mela is money, and you're watching Going In Raw. Hey, this is Shisuke Nakamura. Shisuke watching Going In Raw.
2: This is the knockout artist, Cassius Ohno, and you're Going In
1: Raw. Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to yes. right here at YouTube.com forward slash Steve and Larson. And available wherever fine podcasts are. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and the notify bell next to it if you're watching us on YouTube. If you're listening to us on a podcast app, uh, leave us a rating, review, or comment. Or just tell a friend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or just tell a friend. Or just tell a friend, a good friend. <laughs> a good friend. Even if they even, even if they don't like wrestling, who cares? Just tell a friend. Uh, we're also available on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Steven Lars. We've got a couple new patrons. Uh, we're going to be gone for four days. We're not going to be live streaming again until Wednesday, so I want to make sure all these latest patrons get their due in their shout-outs. Good idea. $1 a month gets you a shout-out. It goes a long way. It also gets the show ad free. In the audio version, with its own RSS feed, and the video version, right there on the Patreon wall. If you're tired of all these newfangled ads, Larson, Lewis Griffin, Yogan Barrett. How do you pronounce that name, Yogan? Yeah, I think so. Ogan Barrett, El Blanco Noche, which means the White Knight. Yes. Uh, the Russell Cox Collins. I'm sorry. The Russell Cox Colin K. Ryan Henderson. Return of the Zack, uh jordan hartley jose nava the third shell bell and rob law all new patrons thank you very much um, wait did you say rob law rob law i wonder if he has a law blog yeah the rob law law blog <laughs> exactly <laughs> anyways uh, so yeah this is going in raw view we bringing it back on a monthly basis yes uh, we had a very fun lively uh watch party it was our very first watch party where we you took the concept of Pay-per-view watch party. Just do it for old pay-per-views. We just did it for an old pay-per-view. New ones. So this is how it's going to go from now on.
2: Yeah, once a month we'll do them. It was once fun. a
1: month, uh, we'll put up three possible pay-per-views for our ten dollars, uh, ten dollar up, ten dollar per month and up patrons yes. to vote on, uh, and then uh, we will uh, go ahead and watch the show uh, in front of everybody. Y'all can watch along with the network. And it provides also after the fact a cool little commentary track. Yeah, yeah. You can go anytime afterwards, download the audio version or the video, watch watch along with the video version. Correct. Um, and you know, we take uh we do it'll give us time doing it monthly as opposed to weekly will give us the time to research it, essentially just listen to uh whatever episode of something to wrestle with bruce pritchard or the uh, associate wrestling observer newsletter the wrestling observer newsletter if there's any shoot interviews out there in the world about these particular events that we're going to be covering mm-hmm. these retro pay-per-views um i kind of like doing it on a monthly basis because we have plenty of time to prepare yes. for it yes so uh, i feel like we prepared pretty so pretty early
2: in the new year probably uh the first weekend in january we'll we'll figure out the next three options put them up for a vote so we can get to uh Researching as necessary.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, talk, it's per, chance that it's probably going to be a rumble. Yeah, Maybe like the first rumble, a really good rumble, and a really bad rumble.
2: Well, the first and the really bad might be one of the same. I don't know.
1: Ninety four was ninety four. The 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 one where Luger and Bret Hart both won. That had to have been a bad one, right? Because Luger and Bret Hart. And you know, both the one won. we should watch. Have you ever watched ninety two one where Flair won it? No, that's really good. That might be best. That's really good. So the first one. Ninety-two and Flair won it, and then a really bad one, and then a really bad one. Yeah, we'll figure that out. Maybe we want the forty-man where Del Rio won it. Oh, Geek. oh dear. Anyways, uh, but today we're talking about uh, another December pay-per-view. It was Vengeance two thousand one. Yes, very significant because it crowned the very first universe. I'm sorry, undisputed,
2: undisputed,
1: undisputed first From undisputed, undisputed champion. There for a second. In spoiler alert, Chris Jericho won it. Well, I don't think i do spoiler alert for something that happened 17 years ago. There's a lot of jokes here in the because I spoiled it in the thumbnail.
2: How old does something have to be before you don't have to to preface it with spoiler alert?
1: Uh, 12 hours. <laughs> no, Actually, in our case, about three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm, I feel bad about that. Well, that's the business. We're in the business of
2: recapping things, and part of that is spoiling them. I understand the thumb because people haven't gotten to the...
1: Well, the problem is the problem with the thumbnail is that, you know, when you open your email, apparently some people have the email where like it gives you a notification and previews what the thumbnail is. Yeah. My bad. Anyways. Um, so, yeah, uh, the setup for this was this was uh, the, the previous pay per view, which only happened like two or three weeks it was earlier. Survivor Series, yeah. Was Survivor Series. Um, and that was the blow off match for The Invasion. Mm-hmm. It was. Shane and Stephanie owned WCW and ECW. The Alliance. The Alliance. McMahon owned WWF. And whoever won that final Survivor Series match, was it the totality of the number of matches won or was it just that final match? I don't recall. Okay. Whoever won that would win control of the company. Kurt Angle ended up being sole survivor, I think, or at the very least, he ended up being the mole In the alliance that turned on them and helped WWF and Vince McMahon to victory, yeah. The next night on Raw, uh, Vince tried to just give Kurt Angle Steve Austin's WWF World Title. However, Ric Flair came
2: out and said, "I bought Shane and Stephanie's stake in the company. Hey, Vince, we're partners. Yes, you can't just do that." And then he gives the title back to Stone Cold.
1: Yeah. Um, In addition, so yeah, Stone Cold immediately just went from you know heel, awkward heel. Although pretty funny heel to just old Stone Cold face again, face again, Stone Cold. Um, Yeah. So uh, that set up, um, you know, now we have two titles, the WWF title and the WCW title, which they then just dubbed the world title because WCW at that point was dead.
2: Yeah, it wasn't didn't exist anymore. Um, So the rock was the world heavyweight champion. Correct. Stone Cold was a WWF champion. Mm,
1: Yeah. Um, so that set up. Uh, they needed to. They needed to just. I guess Vince, according to Bruce Pritchard, Vince just wanted to get rid of that world title, the NWA title with all sorts of lineage. You just
2: want to kind of and get on, that out of the on way. On top
1: of that, they had. They had already in like I think it was like conference calls or something. At least Meltzer had in the newsletter that they had already announced plans for a brand split. According to the newsletter, they had 165 people. That's insane. Under contract as performers, not just employees in the company. This is according to Meltzer, so I'm. I'm assuming it's true. 165 performances. Well, I'd see that why that would necessitate two brands. How many? <laughs> well, yeah. And like five de- developmental territories. Yeah, no. That's a lot of people. It is. Um, So uh, it is kind of curious that they went down this undisputed one championship. Title, two
2: brands. Why not each brand having their own championship? It seemed yeah. like pretty soon hereafter they decided to split the titles and go back to that. I mean, they did make a, an undisputed title. It's one Undertaker had for a while. Yeah. I think Hogan had it, too.
1: Yeah, I think he did.
2: Uh, um, but then, also in the Pritchard show, uh, Conrad asked him, like, why didn't they have an undis- und- undisputed title ready at the go, ready to go uh, for this match? And Pritchard just kind of said, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Logistics. Don't know. I mean, it's like, why haven't I put all the Slow Wolf pack pictures up here yet? I don't know. I just haven't done it so yet. Everything's going on. Because things are going on. Things are going on, exactly. Yeah. Um, so all that was pretty interesting. Yes, it's, it's a good listen. It's a really good listen. With. Yeah, it's, no, absolutely. If you have two
2: and a half hours to spare. Yeah. Or, you know, as I did, just break it up among several listening sessions. It's mm-hmm. worth it. Well worth it. So the show kicked off. With a, uh, a video package to get you hyped up for Vengeance 2001, starring Freddie Blassie. Um Apparently, he directed this under the alias Freddie F- Fellini. Mm-hmm. I guess a uh, shout out to a uh, famed Italian director,
1: Federico Fellini.
2: Yes, um, and this was a bit of an avant-garde take on what you'd expect for a uh, pre-pay-per-view video package. So you get Freddie Blassie. It's all you know, black and white, sepia tone, uh, scratches on the film type stuff. There's was like a weird clown in it, Freddie Blassie in a rocking chair, and a lot of B-roll of past champions, both WCW and WWF, um, highlighting the lineage of both titles. But what is the one thing missing? An undisputed champion. Mm-hmm. I haven't had that yet. Yeah. Today, the show
1: that will be decided. I kind of liked uh, that they did this, though. I mean, it was. A, it's funny because it's. Ki- it kind of feels like a throwaway pay-per-view, I guess. But, you know, you, you think that, oh, you're crowning, your are after – how many decades you're oh, crowning I mean, the first? The
2: WW, WWF had been in business for 50, 40, no, 30, 68, like 63. 63,
1: yeah. So, you know. And of course, the
2: NWA title goes back to the
1: 40s. Yeah. So the first time you're bringing these two titles together, that's a pretty significant thing. You'd think it'd be like at a mania or something. Mm-hmm. But I kind of I appreciate they just went ahead and did it. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of, I don't know. It, well, I mean,
2: if they wanted to treat it how like an long important, how
1: did that undisputed title last? I
2: don't think very. Uh, if they were actually wanted, treated this, thought it was an important event, they would have treated it as such. But according to Pritchard, Vince just wanted to get rid of the second title. Yeah, so, so it wasn't important to him.
1: <laughs> right? Like this is a, a fairly big history making thing, but Vince didn't really see it that no, way. Apparently, he didn't really seem to care. So that's kind of interesting. And they didn't decide. They decided to do. The two feuds that were sort of going on at the time, Jericho, Rock, and Angle, Stone Cold, mm-hmm. um, they decided to sort of go with them as sort of a mini tournament type thing. Yes. Um, so that was kind of interesting. the uh, The intro was really cool. the that the the Fellini thing you were talking about, um, because we had uh, some old timey music, yes, um, some Nutcracker music, uh, w- which you know. I'm surprised they didn't go with new metal off the bat. Yeah, I know. So that was a welcome surprise. Very clever intro, uh, intro thing they had going on there. Anyways, what do you have about I'm the looking, undisputed looking, title? Looking, anyways, continue. Um, so, uh, but yeah, the brand's flow is on its way. It's like uh,
2: 2002, so it lasted less than, uh, less than a year.
1: It wasn't until, it wasn't September until. 2002, sorry. So this lasted, that undisputed title was. Uh, From December
2: 2001 to September 2002, there was an undisputed championship.
1: So the brand split happened four months later, in March of 2002. So they had the undisputed t- championship as a uh,
2: cross-brand. It's my understanding.
1: Oh, is that what they did? I
2: believe so. But then from, you said it was March? So it was only a matter of five months where that was an, uh, an issue, and then they brought back the World Heavyweight Championship. Boy, I don't
1: remember it being cross-brand. I could be wrong about that. I, th- I thought they just split the brands and then right afterwards, what did they do after the undisputed title? What do you mean what they do after that? Well, what the Undisputed title just morphed back into the WWE title? Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah, and then they, they gave uh, – the Triple H got the, the, the gold belt, right?
1: They just gave him the gold belt, but I thought that was right after the brand split, but what do I know? Anyways, um, the show opens up with a fairly long-ish Mr. McMahon Yeah, promo. he's just He was about trying to get a lot of mileage out of the Kiss My Ass Club. Yeah, which is unfortunate
2: because it's a terrible idea. He goes on and on and on about how he had to kiss Rikishi's butt. Um yeah, but at the end, he says, he who laughs last laughs, laughs loudest.
1: And that was like a big theme of like the show. Yeah, that it was a like bit of foreshadowing. You yeah, would, you exactly. I think. Yeah. Um,
2: Ric Flair comes to the ring, um, checks him, and uh, we move on. I'm, really, this, this promo went on forever. It went a long time. To essentially just have Vince complain about having to kiss Rikishi's butt. Mm-hmm. Um, the show kicked off with its first match: Scotty to hotty and Albert. What they said their what you say their tag team was called?
1: Oh, you're right. I'm sorry, you're right. The undisputed championship was then consequently shared between both brands, and soon conflict began brewing over the title. In late August 2002, after becoming the youngest WWE World Champion at the time by winning the undisputed championship, Brock Lesnar and his title were made exclusive to SmackDown. To remedy this, the Big Gold Belt was brought back the following month to represent. The world heavyweight championship became raw's top championship you know that would be opposites these days oh yeah like brock
2: lesnar the only reason the only reason that the world heavyweight championship went to raw is because triple h values history mm. and he wouldn't wear the same belt probably that rick flair wore <laughs> yeah and so when he's gonna get gifted a title he's like i want that one
1: is that speculation on your yeah, part yeah, yeah. that that sounds dead on yeah <laughs> that sounds dead on he probably loved that title. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Oh yeah. Not some newfangled weird thing. Yeah, I know. That's funny.
2: Um, would you, Sky 2 Hoty and Albert? What was their tag team called? The Zoo Crew. Zoo Crew. They were taking on uh, Test and Christian. Back then, they just put people together in tag teams all the time.
1: They just toss people together. So in this case, um, I had read this during our live stream, our watch party. Uh, but uh, so too cool. Scotty Tuhati and Grandmaster Sexy Lawler's kid Mm -hmm. um, Were broken up because uh, Scotty Tuhati had to go through neck surgery And so they wrote him off uh, With a a fake broken ankle From Kurt Angle Um, That same year Grandmaster Sexy was released From the WWF Uh, This is from Wikipedia Uh, He was stopped at the US-Canada border With a bunch of illegal drugs Can't do that (laughs) No he can't um, after uh, Scotty Tuhati came back, he formed a tag team with Albert called the Zoo Crew. Only lasted about six more months, though. Yeah,
2: they came to the ring. Vince is still in there, and they start dancing around him. He no-sells it, awkwardly leaves. Um, match starts outside of the ring with Brawl between all four competitors. Eventually, Christian and Scotty Tuhati get back in there. Um, short match, relatively. Everybody hits their spots, pretty much, except Christian doesn't get an unprettier off. Or what do you call it? Kill switch?
1: I think at this time wasn't it still the unpretty? Might have been. What did it start as? The Unpretier or Kill Switch? I don't remember. I think probably. It was a long time ago, Killswitch. man. Yeah, I think it did. Because later on, he had more like character, Captain Charisma, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, probably yeah. unpretty at that yeah, point. Probably. In either event, it's a terrible movie. When
2: Leo Rush does it, it's kind of cool because he twists around a few times.
1: Well, yeah, he and adds then his own got flare some flair to, to it. And when you're a smaller guy doing it to a smaller guy, it's a bit more smooth. Yeah. When you try to get a Haas into that, yeah, oh it's my, tough. it's terrible. It looks so awkward. Uh, this guy Duhati, of
2: course, hits a worm. Uh, Test, I guess his one move was a huge boot. Um, in the end, Albert hits a Baldo bomb on Christian for the win.
1: Mm hmm. <laughs> Alex he says, uh, talking about throwing together tag teams, as opposed to now when they're organic teams like Rude and Gable. <laughs> and that's yeah. kind of the outlier these days. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's a pain. They found two guys from two different countries who literally look exactly the same. <laughs> uh,
2: William Regal had interview next. He was
1: great. William Regal was Oh, awesome. man. Awesome. He was so good. God, he's so good. What did he say? Talking trash to coach. I hate people like you.
2: Americans. What did he say? I think he said disrespectful American yeah. or something like that. You
1: incur my wrath. You'd be better off selling your soul to the devil, as he's about to find out right now as they take his Intercontinental Championship. So good. Oh, man, it was so great. Good. It was so good. So uh, good. So they were going really hard on the uh, Kiss My Ass Club thing. And, uh, oh, yeah, for
2: the Pritchard uh, podcast. Interesting. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, like the Pritchard podcast, he made a point of saying everybody pretty much hated it. Nobody wanted to do it, except for Regal. He thought it was great. <laughs>
2: Well, no one else wanted to do it. Regal appreciated that it was like a heat magnet, so he's cool doing it for that reason. Yeah. I don't think he really wanted it. I think he also
1: said he thought it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. That too. Which it kind of is. Yeah, I guess so. Uh,
2: Next, Edge, the man who does cool, neat things, versus William Regal. Uh, Regal getting a ton of heat from the crowd. Um, This is a fun match. Kind of short, though. Uh, Edge hits a Frankensteiner. Regal kicks out. Uh, At one point, Edge gets thrown to the ring steps. Um, Regal went and gets some brass knuckles that he had hid near the ring post, under yeah, the ring, and he puts them in the front of his trunks. Mm-hmm. Regal rolls Edge back in the ring. Only gets a two count, though, because... Uh, oh, sorry, no, Edge gets his foot on the ropes. You know, we, you mentioned this. William Regal, a seasoned ring veteran, should know better than to try to get a pin right near the ropes. Tactical error on his part. I've played
1: the 2K series enough not to pin anybody near the ropes.
2: Yeah, and even in the game, it's kind of a a 50-50 chance whether they actually get the rope break or not.
1: It's a toss-up. You can be close to the middle of the ring, and they'll give you a rope break. You can be right under the ring, (laughs) and and they won't. Under the ropes, and you won't get it. (laughs)
2: Uh, Next, uh, Regal hits a a Tiger driver. Edge kicks out. Regal then hits two more of them, back-to-back. Edge kicks out again. Why is
1: the Tyler Driver ninety seven book, book so, so weak weak back then? I don't know.
2: I don't know. Um in the end though, Regal pulls out the brass knuckles from his trunk, trunks turns around, eats the spear out of nowhere from Edge. Edge picks up the win.
1: You're on this date. No, it was the Rob Zombie yeah. song. That's right. But it still was preceded by You Think You Know Me. You think you know me. Yeah. They was that was always there. Yeah, man. On this day, what's his prime theme? It's got to uh, be On This Day, yeah, right? Yeah,
2: I see clearly. I don't know, man.
1: I kind of like the Rob Zombie thing.
2: No, I didn't even remember. He had a Rob Zombie theme,
1: whereas I always remember, On This Day. Rob Zombie was the one who did the, the, the Raw theme. Was it Raw or SmackDown? on. Wasn't that Rob Zombie? Maybe. It sounds like it could be a Rob
2: Zombie thing. It feels like it. sounds. It yeah. sounds like it, yeah. 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 Next, uh, Flair's backstage on his phone, his flip phone. This is a funny little bit. Kurt Angle comes in and uh Kurt Angle keeps on trying to uh, tell Flair who he thinks I guess is doubting him. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna win the undis und, und- I keep wanting to say undisputed, Undisputed title. And yeah. Flair just completely understated. All yeah. right, that's cool. Do it. That's good.
1: Yeah, that's good. Good. Yeah, really good. Go ahead. Yeah. Do it. I'm, sure I'm gonna do can. it. I'm gonna do it, Rick. Okay, that's awesome. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna, do it. I'm gonna be the first one. Yeah. I could do it. Understated right. Flair is hilarious. Is All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, it's that's, that's good. Awesome. Good. Yeah.
2: And that was, a, that was just it.
1: Yeah, it was a pretty funny bit. Uh, Kurt Angle's great.
2: Oh, yeah. Next, Lita, she's in her referee gear. She's back in the locker room stretching. Matt Hardy comes in.
1: So her gimmick back then, beyond many things, one of her gimmicks was to wear th- the underwear stretches up over, over the pants. The, over the
2: outside of the pants, yes.
1: And I think that was striped. Yes, it and was. And then she had like a very tight-fitting, you know, with, custom with ref pink outfit. pink trim, hot pink trim on with it. With like, yeah, the belly cut off. Um, so she looked like a million bucks. Uh, cheesy Matt Hardy comes in, her, her boyfriend at the time. Her
2: beau and has a very earnest conversation with What
1: them. did all these fantastic women see in Matt Hardy? I don't know. I mean, is he that charming a guy? Because he dated a lot of really striking women back then. Like he was the Clooney backstage. Um, kind of interesting, because he's so cheesy. I love
2: this line he said, I want to go out there and get the opportunity to prove that I make good decisions. Ah, yeah, oh, great, wonderful. That was great. Anyways, Lita in the end, because he's imploring her to, hey, you know, I'm your boyfriend. Yeah, you know, she's like, Matt, help dude, me up. I'm
1: gonna call it right down the middle. Well, and she like,
2: says, as your girlfriend, I'll always be on your side. Yeah, but I'm referee tonight. There's some foreshadowing for you. Yes. So, right down the middle is gonna be called,
1: and he's like, all right, great, great. No, that's awesome. Wink, wink. And uh, like, and after this, we'll put it all behind us, and then we'll go out and get some food. He said it would be a Matt and Lita night. I think that's yeah. what he said. <laughs> Matt and Lita night. Oh man.
2: Uh, next, we had a pretty cool uh, Hardy's video package. Um, going, you know, they showed footage all the way back to their Omega days at, in Omega Wrestling. I think it was their own promotion they had mm. in North Carolina. Mm. Um, early days in WWF, um, the ups and downs of their tag career. Um, the whole basis of this feud is that Jeff Hardy did some high spot in a cage match, it ended up costing the Hardy Boys a match. Matt got mad. They start pushing each other at one point backstage. They're arguing. They push Lita over.
1: Yeah. Um, she knows Elsa, though. She gets right back up. Yeah, no. She's like, what is your problem? And they just keep up. They, nobody apologizes. They're no, like, oh my God, she, I'm she sorry. She should have hurt and Rondered both of them. Oh, that'd be great. Right then and there in the hallway. So this ended like the. it was. I, I forgot about this, but I guess they did do one more sort of blow off match afterwards. Mm-hmm. Which was Matt versus, it was a handicap match, Matt versus Lita and Jeff. That's interesting. Which I forget the outcome of that. That must have been at the
2: Rumble then, huh?
1: Kind of doesn't matter. Or is it on episode of Raw? might have been on Raw. I don't remember. I just remember mentioning it on the, on the thing.
2: So uh, it was interesting because uh, Jeff comes in the ring wearing a baseball cap. And I thought, oh. You know, it's, it's a Hardy Boys branded piece of merchandise. He wore it down the ring, you know, to sell merch. He'll take it off before the match starts. No, he starts the match with baseball hat on. wearing that, man. I don't yeah. know how that's comfortable. Yeah, man. You can't take any forward bumps because you got the bill of the hat in your way.
1: Oh, so Discord, uh, to go back to the Christian thing, uh, Henry Harris says that it started as the unprettier and then became the kill switch. Oh, there you Interesting.
2: go. There you go.
1: Oh, whoa. Hold on a second. What? That can't be true. What? Cody Miles is probably joking here. Maybe not, though. He says, as of today, WWE 205 NXT in UK, there are 296 roster members. Oh, between all the brands? Yeah, between all the brands in our WWE.
2: Does that include people, developmental talents in NXT? Then I maybe would think that would be every yeah. Yeah, everybody. 300. Pushing 300, that's a lot. That's a lot.
1: Yeah, that, that is, is a lot.
2: That is a ton. Anyways, Matt. Uh, sorry, Jeff starts the match with the baseball hat. I don't know why that stuck out, but it did because it was weird. I'd never seen it. You before. don't
1: see a lot of baseball hats. Like the only other baseball hat I can think of is Warrior when he wore it to for but that a was promo, just for a promo, which was weird. Anyways. I mean, Heyman
2: used to wear a baseball hat for a promo. All oh, time. his was iconic, yeah. But I don't remember anybody actually wearing one out for a match. Um, not a whole lot of the high risk, high flying stuff. This is more uh, physical, a bit more brutal, um, uh, which is befitting. You know, two brothers, they're gonna fight. They're not going to worry about getting high spots in there. Mm-hmm, they just mm-hmm. want to punch each other in the mouth. Yeah. Uh, at one point, uh, Matt goes for a sunset flip powerbomb. Jeff counters it with a Hurricane Rana. Um, and then uh, shortly thereafter, Jeff kind of does like a sunset flip over Matt to get back in the ring and lands awkwardly on the knee. Starts telling knee injury. Matt, of course, sees a target on that knee, on that joint, and starts working it.
1: Yeah. He's at one point, he's grabbed Jeff's
2: leg to start doing this,
1: pulling it. Yeah, I liked it. It was. Um... It wasn't just – I mentioned this during live stream as well. You get Matt and Jeff Hardy known for the extreme stuff. This was a lot more looking – lo- this looked a lot more like a grudge match. Yeah, like a real fight. Apropos to the story being told. Yes. Um, so I like that aspect of it.
2: Um, Jeff gets his knee worked over so much that at one point he's going for like a slingshot maneuver. To hit Matt on the outside with like a planter or something. Knee gives out. He can't do it. Um, uh, Jeff goes up to the top. Matt tosses him off the top rope. Um, and uh, at one point, Matt pins Jeff, grabs the rope for extra leverage. Lita sees it, says, no. Hey now, hey now. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. I know the rules. In the end, Jeff hits a swanton, goes for the pin. Matt gets his foot in the rope. Lita doesn't see it. Before the three count, Jeff pulls Matt's leg off the rope. Uh, Jeff gets the win.
1: And then Matt is beside himself. He's yeah. yelling his girlfriend.
2: He just storms out. No. Walks up the ramp.
1: congratulated brother on my win. was on the rope yeah nah. uh,
2: next Trish is outside the Rock's locker room she enters um, and she uh, says to the Rock you know I really appreciate that you you <laughs> drove Vince's face into Rikishi's buttocks yeah
1: made him sniff the butthole area He yeah. thought it was really great and says
2: I wish you luck on, on your match or matches tonight Yeah, and gives him a kiss on the cheek
1: Rock was acting a little high here or drunk or drunk or high and or both ebrated. yeah He was like, hold on, wait, wait, shh, oh, where are you going, where are you going? Tonight, once you're done defending your title, your title match, and The Rock is done getting the undisputed championship, you can smell my crotch area. Well, he does,
2: You can smell what The Rock is cooking. He grabs the top of his his sweatpants and kind of thrusts his his groin
1: outwards. uh, She seems into it, though, too, consenting hot adults. Live sex action. Who wouldn't want to see that? Um, She seemed into it. He seemed into it. Uh, So, yeah, the implication is maybe later on they did something Mm -hmm, mm physical, which would be great. However, since The Rock,
2: spoiler alert, didn't claim the undisputed title. (laughs) Oh, that's a good point. It probably didn't happen.
1: It probably didn't happen. There was with
2: the caveat of both of them winning their championship.
1: She didn't get to smell what Rock had in his pants. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? I always felt that do you smell what somebody's cooking as a fart reference, but I guess just do you feel what I'm saying? Yeah, that's pretty much what it yeah, is. yeah, 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 but smell is too specific a scent, it really is, you know, it really is, you know, so I don't know. Moving on. Moving
2: on, next tag title match. Dudley's the tag champions, taking on Whale. Whale.
1: Big Show and Kane. Weird Big Show with, like, short hair, balding. Yeah. You know, kind of a scruffy beard-ish thing going on. Yeah, he was kind of, uh,
2: we were trying to place whether this was in disgruntled, (laughs) bad attitude, out of shape, Big Show. Rumored, yeah. Disgruntled. Uh, in shape Big Show, right? Yeah, or good attitude ex- out of shape big where Show. where exactly in his career. He was yes <laughs> and We were weren't exactly able to place it. <laughs> no, we were the course of this match uh, this is back when uh Stacy Keebler was the Dudley's valet and She got involved a little bit at one point She's in the ring. There's some brawling going on outside. She starts yelling big show comes from behind just pulls her skirt down mm-hmm and then Spanxer.
1: Seems to be kind of an HR nightmare going on There's in the There's a WWE lot going right on now.
2: in the Attitude Era, though. It's complete and utter HR nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then uh, at one point, I, I was typing notes, so I didn't see what instigated this. But the Big Show and Kane were arguing. There was a miscommunication between them. Dudleys take advantage. They attack. But then later on, Big Show goes for a shoulder tackle on Bubba Ray. Bubba gets out of the way,
1: and Big Show knocks Kane off the apron. They just didn't have good chemistry, kayfabe. They didn't have good—I mean, realistically, these two monsters, this match should have been two minutes long, and they would have destroyed the Dudleys. Yes, 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 Um, obviously. They couldn't get on the same page. Uh, I I forget what what sort of spurred the argument, but, you know, Big Show accidentally laid out Kane because Bubba got out of the way. Mm -hmm. Um, The Dudleys were able to take advantage of that and sort of do a, a, a flapjack on Yeah, they called it a turnb- 3D, but there wasn't really a JR 3D. JR called it a 3D, but basically, I think whenever both Bubba Ray and Devon lift somebody in any manner, they can re- They can. he refers to it as a 3D, but it really wasn't that. They just sort no. of flapjacked them onto yeah, the yeah. exposed turnbuckle. They pick up the win.
2: They successfully defend those titles.
1: Not a good outing for Big Show and Kane. Stacey Keebler was uh, pretty upset because at one point Big Show... Grabbed her by the hair. Yeah, Devon made the save on her, but she was pretty bitter about that. Yeah,
2: understandably so.
1: And then she went on to date George Clooney. Mm-hmm. That's a hell of a resume accomplishment right there, man. You put a dated George Clooney, huge Hollywood star. Oh, yeah. Massive star. Yeah. What's your favorite Clooney movie? Oh, it's Out of Sight. It's a Soderbergh one, man. Mine might be Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? That's a good one, too. Oh, man, but they're both great movies. Mm-hmm. Out of Sight's a terrific movie. Oh heck yeah, it's a really terrific movie.
2: Uh, next, the "Don't Do This at Home" PSA used to run during this time because a bunch of people used to try to do wrestling moves in their backyard.
1: Yep. Yeah, or in our apartment. Yep. Yeah, getting slammed through cardboard boxes and stuff. You're a, you actually have a shoot neck injury from those days, mm-hmm. so potentially. But that preceded these PSAs. Yes, and if I had seen those PSAs, maybe we wouldn't have done it. Maybe Big Jeff wouldn't have uh, destroyed your neck. Who knows? He <laughs> just sit on your neck at some point.
2: Well, my head was under my body, and then my, <laughs> he was on top of me. Ouch! I mean, the doctor said it was a congenital uh, <laughs> neck condition, but...
1: Should have given that doctor an iranagi. Or maybe a step-up in seguri. Yeah.
2: Uh, next we had Lita backstage kind of hovering outside of Matt's locker room she's trying to implore him to, to, to let's, let's talk this out let's have a conversation let's work this out Matt is so angry about losing this match that he just packs his luggage and leaves man rude rude next Undertaker RVD video package this is when Undertaker was in full-on uh, big evil mode Heal American badass. Might be my favorite Undertaker. Um, they showed. I'm
1: not the only person to have that opinion. No, either. that's fine.
2: Um, this, and they showed uh, clips from when uh, he uh, made JR kiss Vince's butt.
1: Saying, yeah, kissed no one this around was here great. has kissed, yeah. kissed. Ran, he has kissed to Vince's
2: to buttocks more than I. Sorry.
1: Nobody around here has kissed more ass than me. JR. Now Vince is gonna kiss your. Wait, what did he say? Are you gonna kiss his ass, Jr. And Jr. thinking that he that he had Undertaker's protection. Are you gonna kiss his ass, Jr. No, because you think you're better than me. Yeah. And then he like makes Jr. Well, he lays out Jr. and then makes him kiss Vince's butt. And Jr. is all wearing Jr. And Vince is wearing Jr.'s, JR's hat. Humiliated. Oh, that's so rude.
2: Humiliating. Humiliated.
1: humiliated.
2: Uh, so that went to their hardcore title match, Undertaker and RV. This was a ton of fun.
1: All right, hold on a second. Here what? we go. Cody Miles has provided us wow. with a spreadsheet.
2: A spreadsheet of everybody.
1: And the number goes down to 252.
2: Well, the Tyson kid's on there. He's not wrestling.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there's two. T- hold on a second. There's two Ty Dillinger's, there's two Tyler Bates. There's two Tino Sabatellis. You're inflating your
2: numbers there, Cody Mar <laughs> There are
1: two Tegan Noxes. There's
2: two Shelton Benjamins.
1: What is going on with this list? There's two Sami Zayns. Two
2: Roman Reigns. Two
1: Romans. I mean, it's a large number. I will grant yes, you that. Yes, it is. It, it is, is, is a large is. number. <laughs> He's batting his stats, man. Yeah, man. It's going on in Discord over there. Like Barkley used to do,
2: intentionally miss a shot to get the rebound. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true. I heard that though.
1: <laughs> um But this yeah, was I, great. this is a great match. This was yeah, this is probably match of the card right here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They were treating the hardcore champ. I don't know when
2: they so started wh- making
1: the hardcore was, title. Was, was c- two thousand? Was WrestleMania two thousand one? You went to? Was that's that when they when had, it- That's when they had the battle royal. Okay.
2: Where they had 30 guys out there all fighting. If you pin somebody for that moment, you won the hardcore title.
1: I think they, it was like a time limit. So that was probably around the time that they would just cut into an episode of Raw and somebody would win it. It, it was a 24-7 defense, all that so stuff. So yeah. at some point between then and now, or then in December 2001, probably when RVD, they were like, man, this RVD guy, let's test him out with a title. He's got ECW credibility. Mm-hmm. He's really good. He's supremely mm-hmm. over. Oh, he was insanely over. Um. Kind of weird that like it took another, because this is like, so we're entering 2002. He won the title from Cena in 2006. 2006. Six. Took another five years to put a world title on him. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. He had the
2: Intercontinental title a ton.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he did. He did. But, but yeah, it's kind of interesting that they didn't push him a bit harder, mm-hmm. a bit sooner.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty quickly, this match moves out to the crowd. They start brawling out there. Uh, Undertaker grabs a, a, a flag from a fan and chokes RVD with it. Um. And then R V D gets Undertaker off, climbs up on the railing there, hits a moonsault um, off the barrier, uh, gets a two count because it's false count anywhere.
1: Undertaker looked like he was having a blast. Yeah, he did look
2: like he was having a grand time during as, this as match. heel big evil.
1: He really did.
2: He did. His facial expressions, you pointed this out, were next level. Yeah. I mean, I could get that. You're you're as the Undertaker, you're supposed to be kind of removed aloof. Yeah, sure. You're a, you're a supernatural being. Yeah. You're not
1: you're not wrapped up in human emotion. This did seem to give him... Some freedom to actually have some fun. Be himself and, yeah, have some fun. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: Undertaker, they start brawling over by the stage area. Undertaker grabs a chair. RVD finds a fire extinguisher somehow. <laughs> Hits him with that. hmm He goes up into the crowd, up into the stands, and is on the railing above one of the entrances. Mm-hmm. Hits a crossbody body off that. Taker kicks out of two. They keep brawling. They're brawling up towards the stage. Uh, RVD hits his like twisting leg drop thing. Uh, Taker breaks up the pin, not by kicking out, by jamming his thumb in RVD's eye. Yeah. That was great. Uh, Undertaker uh, lawn darts RVD into the Minitron. He tries to go for a last ride. RVD holds on the set to escape. Um, Undertaker gets another chair. RVD counter for the spinning heel kick. Um... And The Undertaker is selling it against the Minitron. Uh, RVD hits a Van Daminator. With the chair. In the chair, yeah. But in the end, Undertaker chokeslams RVD off the stage, through a table, down on the floor, gets the win. And he sold that. He must have had a grand time
1: on that match because he was all. That That look on his face afterwards was, it, it was it was selling the crap out of the match itself. Yeah. That's the kind of expression you never really got from The Undertaker when he was, you know, the the, the supernatural guy. Dead man. Dead man. Um, and according to the Pritchard podcast, he he went backstage, had a big old smile on his face. And, you know, obviously that probably went a long way towards helping uh, Rob Van Dam yeah, yeah, yeah. prove to Vince that, uh, you know, he was the real deal. Yep. Um, so, yeah, this was this was an absolute blast of a match. Yeah, I, I really, I really enjoyed it. RVD can kind of do no wrong in my book. To no, be he was with fantastic, me. man. But I mean, God, by the time, that's one thing. I know we've, I think we've done like a book of the match on One Night Stand 2006. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind doing a watch party and oh, going and yeah, on yeah. that. That was a fun show. Because my God, that that's that bit was seen in RVD. So good, next level. Yeah, just next level. Well, then Terry Funk almost loses an
2: eye on that show. Yeah, that hardcore match. Uh, once again, we're backstage with Ric Flair. He's again on his phone. Chris Jericho walks in and is getting on Flair about, you don't think I could do it, can you, Rick? You don't have confidence that I could yeah. be undisputed champion. Do the oh, one thing I
1: that you can, you never did. If you can do it, you'll be the man. Yeah. <laughs> That's what Flair says. No, look, brother. If you can do it, you'll be the man. <laughs> uh, Jericho probably said, that's right, Rick. That's I right. would be the man. I would be the man. Oh, Naito, you stupid son of a bitch. Uh,
2: next, Women's Championship
1: match. Trish Stratus taking on Jacqueline. Jacqueline. Jacqueline was awesome. Jacqueline was great. She basically carried this match. Oh, I mean, yes. they, And they, they, to be fair, they talk about this on The Pritchard Show as well, and it gives you some really great context about Trish Stratus, um, about how basically they put the title on her because, A, she was marketable, but also... And she wasn't, she wasn't technically very good as a wrestler at the time, but they recognized that she was putting in tons of hard work. Um, they brought in Jacqueline to make Trish better, to really teach her. Yeah,
2: apparently they were they were doing matches in the house show circuit.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so that's why this match is only like three and a half minutes long. It's not a long one at all. Um, but, uh, you know, by the time 2000, and when did her and Lita, was it 2004, 2006, something mm-hmm, like that? Mm-hmm. Main event in Raw mm-hmm. in that classic match. Like, you could tell that hard work. And she did that under a, a bright, bright spotlight, oh yeah. oh yeah, you know? Oh, yeah. And so, uh, you know, her sell, I what stood out to me was in the three and a half minutes that we saw. Um, her selling, I thought, was pretty yeah, decent. her selling was good.
2: And, and, like, she would do the individual moves okay. It was transitioning from one thing to the next. There was one time where she did a move and was trying to transition to a cover. Mm-hmm. And it was a little sloppy.
1: Sometimes placement seemed a little wonky. Mm-hmm. When Jacqueline uh took out Trish's legs, I think Trish fell on Jacqueline yeah, yeah, as yeah. opposed to sort of where yeah, yeah, she yeah. probably should, but I'm not a wrestler. I don't know. Yeah. Um but yeah it was it was a bit wonky. Trish won with a backslide. Um but you know at this time the fact that I mean the fact that she comes into the WWF and at the time obviously go back to like ninety eight when they're really pushing, for example, Sable Mm -hmm. hard with the, with the sexed up stuff Um, she comes in and she wants to be a better wrestler. Mm -hmm. That to me is interesting because it's something that they weren't really doing at the time. Um, And, uh, and so, you know, she got to the point between her and Lita. And then of course, you know, obviously with Jacqueline in there as, as a big help and and sort of a mentor to apparently a bunch of people backstage um, they were sort of, trying to build up that women's division mm-hmm. then it took a turn for the worse and then you know obviously in the last five years it's or so gotten it's incredible gotten infinitely better yeah um after that they do a recap video package on the uh Vince McMahon kiss my ass club uh the the finale the blow off of that where Vince had his head shoved into rikishi's butt by the rock and that uh, uh ended that particular segment I think yeah. it's Wanted to get a lot of mileage out of that. Yeah, they were really trying
2: to get a lot of mileage. But also, it was during that particular segment where The Rock declared that the Kiss My Butt Club club was closed. It was DUNZO. Done. Uh, they threw to Rikishi who was at uh, WWF New York, the restaurant they had there in Times Square for a
1: short while. Yeah, we never we never got to eat there. No, because we never made it out to New York during that period. No, we went to the Marvel restaurant at mm-hmm. Universal that Studios was though. I like that place. Yeah, that place was good, Food was man. okay. Food was what it was. They had like a freaking Infinity Gauntlet there 20 years before it became a cool thing. Yeah. That's true.
2: Uh, next, we had uh, the first of three kind of co-main events. Kurt Angle taking on WWF champion Stone Cold Steve Austin. Fun <laughs> match. These guys always worked well together.
1: Sorry. Mr. Sinister here in the Discord said "Uh, maybe all those double-counted superstars are because of Rawgate. Just like in the prestige, could be, could
2: be. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, again, Kurt Angle and Stone Cold always worked really well together. This is a ton of fun.
1: Yeah, no, it was it was really fun. Uh, it just really kind of scared me whenever they would, whenever Angle would do a German suplex on Austin, and Austin's German suplexes on Angle were all really high. Yeah, but that always freaked me out. Yeah, I know. All a lot
2: of pressure on, on the neck and upper shoulders, and both of them have bad necks. Yeah. Um, we had a, a ankle lock spot pretty early in this match. Stone Cold got to the ropes almost. Angle pulls him back in the middle. But then Austin gets to the ropes. And he mentioned the, the multiple German suplexes from Angle. Austin kicks out. Angle goes for a beautiful moonsault. Magnifique! Stone Cold gets out of the yeah, way. Yeah, he He misses that, it. Oh yeah. Then Austin does his own uh, series of multiple German suplexes. Angle kicks out at two. Um, Ref's distracted. Angle hits a low blow. Hits an angle slam. Austin kicks out. Um, angle then starts jumping around the ring like having a fit.
1: He's having a little, uh, yeah, hissy fit there.
2: Austin gets up. Angle goes for a stunner.
1: Austin pushes him away. Hits him with his own stunner. He picks up the win. Yep. Yep. Retains. For the very last time, he retains his... A successful title defense. WWF year. championship. Never again will he hold that title. Nope. Uh, next, we got a really creepy
2: segment where Tess busts into Trish's locker room. It was creeps. What
1: a big old creep. A huge creep. Yeah, I mean they definitely told him, you know, give him the, the roofie guy vibe, you know. Comes he literally kicks the door at not down, but he kicks the door in. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I'm gonna you're gonna be the luckiest chick on the on the planet. Oh, why wouldn't you want to touch me test?
2: <laughs> and, a, and well she's she's in the like doing her makeup in the mirror and she's got a towel on.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And he's all like looking her up and down. He's all oh, so creepy. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Big old HR uh, disaster. Huge HR happened.
2: nightmare. They really needed a, a better HR department. It's like, doesn't time. he
1: know there's a cameraman right there? I know. Why was there a cameraman watching Trish? That's,
2: that's another kind question. of a that weird question. seems like another HR issue. That's a massive HR issue. WWF was plagued with uh, a bunch of HR issues in that particular period of time. Man, I don't know.
0: Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.
1: I don't know either. Anyways. uh, Yeah, that didn't really. I mean, I'm sure they probably followed that up after the fact. I mean, test, big messed up heel guy. They probably did something with that after the fact. I don't know what year he got released. I know, wasn't he part of like their ECW Mm -hmm. reboot? I thought so. That was sort of the end of him, I guess. Yeah, I don't know.
2: Next, we had The Rock,
1: the world heavyweight champion versus Chris Jericho. We do have to mention also prior to this, um, prior to these last three matches, um, they did a really, really cool video package uh, set to Drowning Pool's Sinner. I don't yeah. want to make anybody mad. You made note of that. I made a couple people. I, I apologize. People thought I was burying Maryland the other day. I did. It was, just, it was me just having some fun. Yeah. It was just jokey jokes. I've never been to Maryland. I'm sure it's lovely. I'm sure it's great. Uh, if you live there and you love it, kudos. More power to you. Uh, new metal, though. If you like new metal, I want nothing to do with you. Wow! I'm joking. You love now, new metal. We talked. I about? love it in the context exclusively of WWE video packages. It fits WWE video packages so well. The new metal does. Well, you're not wrong there. <laughs> exactly. And I thought Drowning Pool's Sinner was a fantastic backdrop music track. Definitely a product of its time. Oh, big time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I thought it was. I thought it was great. Uh, to be set to that video package. That was fantastic. Yeah. Uh,
2: next, The Rock versus Chris Jericho. Fun match, bit overbooked. Uh, they uh, they brawl, start brawling on the outside. Uh, Y2J goes for a rock bottom of the announce table. Rock says, "eh, uh counters the DDT. Um, and then Y2J goes for a people's elbow. Uh, rock catches him, puts him the sharpshooter, but Jericho counters pretty much immediately into his own sharpshooter. Rock gets the ropes. Um, both have taken quite a bit of punishment by this point. Rock hits a rock bottom out of nowhere, but he can't make the cover. Um, So they're both selling the effects of their match. Vince runs to the ring. Um, (laughs) Rock uh, goes for the cover, but But Earl's dealing with Vince. Yeah, Doesn't pay attention. The Rock goes over, decks Vince, hits Y2J with a spine buster, goes for the people elbow, but no, Vince is on the apron. Rock goes, pulls him in the ring, turns back to Jericho. He does hit the elbow. Then goes back to Vince, starts beating up in the corner. Mm -hmm. Uh, Earl's trying to separate the whole thing. Jericho
1: hits a low blow. A rock bottom of his own pins the rock. He uses a low blow and the rock's own signature move to pin the Finisher. Finisher. It's his primary finisher still then. The people's elbow wasn't his primary finisher? He beat people with the people's elbow from time to time. He beat people with both of them. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was usually his prime finisher. It
2: might have been more so as a face, but heel, it was always rock bottom. Okay.
1: I mean, the rock bottom is the one that makes all the sense in the world. Well, that seems like a real finisher. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Oh, man. People's elbow, not so
2: much. Uh, And right away, the main event started. Chris Jericho taking on Stone Cold pretty much as soon as the bell rang to to end the previous match. uh, You hear Stone Cold.
1: Yeah, and they did a great job on camera here. Mm -hmm. Uh, They had Jericho uh, framed perfectly so that he's like in the foreground. And in the background, you see like the entrance. And Jericho's happy to have survived the rock. And then the glass breaks. The camera's still on Jericho. And he just gives like, uh, you know, stomach drops face.
2: Yeah, he knows exactly Um, what he's in for.
1: So, yeah, Stone Cold comes out. He's still selling the previous match. Uh, he comes in, and they go at
2: it. Well, uh, before the match really begins, Kurt Angle runs in. Oh, hits,
1: my God, that's right. Hits Stone Pre-match, with a chair. it's overbooked.
2: Yeah, hits yeah. Austin with a chair. And while uh, Hebner's dealing with that, The Rock, who's still milling ringside <laughs> because this match just
1: ended, yeah. runs yeah, in. Jericho's got a mini gauntlet going on here. I know.
2: Runs in, hits uh, Rock bottom on Jericho, and then The Rock sees Kurt <laughs> Angle and starts running after him up the
1: ramp. Okay, but hold on a second. What's the what's the problem that Rock has with Angle, oh, I'm sure there is of Legion man. <laughs> but was there anything set up like oh, I don't remember prior? To, I don't. I mean, I know maybe. Um, yeah, no, I don't. did they have a feud for the uh the world heavyweight title? Maybe because Rock won it previous, and then I just like the uh, I just love the idea that like going into this cold, we haven't seen any interaction between Rock and Kurt Angle. Oh, yeah, yeah. But something about Kurt as Angle as, as soon as Rock gets his eyes on Kurt. He just wants to... He ooh. just wants to punch him in the ooh. face. I like that basic idea that yeah. Kurt Angle just has a punchable face. Yeah.
2: Um, before we get into this main event, let's talk about why Jericho won this won the title here. Um, again, if you haven't checked out the Bruce Pritchard podcast about this show, do so. It's really interesting. Pretty much in short, uh, pr- just, just prior to the show, Vince uh, notified the agents that uh, he was having some discussions with Hogan and the rest of the NWO kind of solicited their advice. See who was in, 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 on board with Hogan and Holland Nash coming in. Apparently, by and large, everybody was cool with Hogan, not so much Holland Nash. Um, and so Vince's priorities heading into Mania season was not exa- really uh, who was going to be fighting for the title as so much as who from the NWO is going to be taking on Stone Cold and The Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, a secondary thing, all the marketing for Vengeance 2001 was centered on Triple H. However, he hadn't rehabbed, I guess, his torn quad in time, um, and wasn't able to return at the show. Despite the fact there's
1: sledgehammers all over the place, yeah, kind of interesting. They still went with this poster too. Like yeah. I'm not sure what the turnaround time is. On when they need the materials versus when Triple H's, you know, clearance mm-hmm. had became an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of interesting. And like, yeah, like you said, I mean, I can get that video assets, especially back then. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't be exactly whipped up on the fly. I don't know,
2: though, because
1: it's all, I
2: mean, Avid existed back then.
1: Yeah. I don't know if they were doing linear
2: or nonlinear editing, whether they're doing it on an old tape-to-tape machine or what exactly. but.
1: And a couple times the crowd was chanting Triple H. They expected this to happen. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Um, and I guess the idea for Jericho to win, so Stone Cold and Rock, they're doing some else awesome at Mania. Um, yeah, the,
1: yeah. The, the, the main point he got across was Stone Cold and The Rock versus various members of the NWO were the number one and number two priorities in Vince McMahon's head. The title was number three. Yeah. And the title essentially was Triple H is going to win this at Mania. We need somebody for him to, to beat. And that perfect person was Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho. They're booking him as kind of a cowardly weak heel, mm-hmm. someone that needed help to
2: win that it was entirely believable for anybody pretty much in the locker room to come out one-on-one and beat him. Yeah. Excuse me. Wow.
1: I'm
2: hungry, man. No kidding. So anyways, with that in mind, kick the main event. Uh, Jericho co- comes to enough from the uh, rock bottom to go, covers Austin. Austin kicks out at two. Um, they start brawling in the ring, outside the ring. Austin pulls off the ring mat from the concrete floor. Um, they get up on the announce table. Uh, Jericho tries to get Austin into the walls Austin reverses In the end, Austin suplexes Jericho on the concrete um, Back in the ring later on Jericho gets the walls on Austin Austin gets to the ropes um, And then uh, this is when the overbooking really begins mm-hmm. uh, Austin ducks as Jericho running towards him off the ropes So Jericho flies right to Earl Hebner Ref bump, Earl is knocked out
1: Earl tumbles out of the ring
2: Yes, Jericho hits a low blow Pretty weak-looking stunner. And then uh, Vince gets on the ramp, starts waving down the ramp. And who is it? NWO ref Nick Patrick. So Nick Patrick gets in the ring. Some foreshadowing for the NWO's arrival. Yeah. He starts waving Jericho over to Austin to pin him. Flair runs down, pulls Nick Patrick out of the ring. Vince cold-cocks Flair and then throws him the ring post. Dong. Dong. Back in the ring. Austin (laughs) hits a low blow on Jericho, and then he turns attention towards Vince, starts beating him. Um, Austin then puts Jericho on the walls. Jericho taps basically before Austin turns around,
1: <laughs> turns over. You know, he, he, he basically turns over, and before he sinks in, Jericho immediately starts yeah, tapping out. But
2: there's still no ref. Uh, out of nowhere, Booker T runs in with a WWF title, decks Austin with it. And then full sprints out of there through, through the, the crowd, crowd and just disappears. At this point, Vince shoves Earl back into the ring. Jericho
1: makes the cover. Gets the win. So he is your Slowest first. count. I was kind of surprised about that. Like, you know, it's Austin. You want him strong. Yeah. And, you know, Earl comes over there and just. Well, he's coming too, man.
2: Yeah. I know. It's this weird thing with Jericho. Because I wonder if they did that. So it wasn't like a fast count. So it was another fluke way that Jericho won. There's oh, this so weird kind bit, of. Yeah. That's just my supposition. Weird dichotomy with this, where they want to book Jericho as this kind of weakish heel, but at the same time, he pretty much r- runs a two match gauntlet, yeah, two matches back to back, yeah. And you know, there's some hijinks involved with him getting both wins, yeah, but it wasn't like it was an immediate thing, he still had two
1: basically full length matches. So, I'm a big fan, I'm not a huge fan of so, for example, Seth Rollins' world title run when he used the same formula every single time. To, to win his matches. Like, he put on stellar matches, and then j and and Kane...
2: Well, he put on stellar matches and somehow find a way to be on the
1: verge of defeat. Yeah, exactly. When everything
2: was set up for him, like, an easy win.
1: I was always a big fan of guys like Eddie Guerrero, who were just super clever. Yeah. And I think that's what Pritchard was getting at with Jericho, and what they wanted to do, is a guy who you could beat, anybody could beat, but he would always find these sneaky, way out sneaky of ways yeah. to win... I remember not being a huge fan. I think it was because I was just a big Jericho fan, and I I, I was like I was like guys being booked strong, or at least in Eddie Guerrero's case, crafty. Mm-hmm. And I never felt like they gave it. Always felt like Jericho was obviously just there to lose the title yeah, to yeah, Triple H. Yeah, that always felt so obvious, and that was the case. Um, and I I don't know. Like I always feel like he didn't. I don't know. I don't know that he got a lot of. Heel heat necessarily. The crowd didn't really seem to be into like booing him the way they were like boo Triple H. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Triple H was a heel that people hated. Yeah, yeah, because he wasn't cowardly, really. And that wasn't he was aggressive. Yeah. He was aggressive. He would bully his way into situations. Mm-hmm. That's why I was a big Triple H man. I just mm-hmm. love Triple H, man. He was great. So uh so yeah, that was vengeance. Triple H would come back uh sometime after this and uh, declare for the rumble. Yep. He but would he go would on win to win and the rumble win
2: the Undis... Stupid, undisputed title from Chris Jericho at WrestleMania. At WrestleMania, yeah. We got a few super chats here. Cody Miles says, happy early Christmas, friendos. Right back at you. Thank you, friend. Uh, Kai Eastwood, this is what I need after getting food poisoning after eating pizza from a one place with a one food rating. Oh,
1: dude, you can't do that to yourself.
2: Alex C., this Christmas money is for your dogs exclusively.
1: I put you down
2: like a dog. Why, thank you, Alex C. DG photo video. Where does You're My Best Friend come from? You're my from? best friend. Targeted.
1: It was, it was a series of intros we did for 10 for the Win back in the day. Yeah. Sadly, and
2: I doubt any of them are still up.
1: We're going to get them back up. <laughs> we'll find a way. <laughs> Part of the
2: Patreon $1 a yeah, month. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Lpd ninja at work, first time watching your reviews of the older shows. Do you guys like looking back at, on the shows or not? I mean, granted, it shows the difference between then and now. I mean, some... Part of it's nostalgia because this is, you know, like my formative wrestling years. I watched in the 80s somewhat, but, you know, I don't remember a ton. Um, So from like 90, late 96 to, you know, probably early 2002, you know, I was, I watched a ton of wrestling. Yeah. So there's, that's part of it. Despite the fact that I was watching quite a bit of wrestling then, I didn't watch all the pay-per-views. Yeah. Because that was 60 bucks a pop. Yeah. Especially once I moved off to college, I couldn't afford that. So there's a lot of shows that I haven't seen like this one. I still hadn't seen Vengeance 2000 oh really Prior. that's no. interesting no
1: I don't know why I had then um two, two, well, December 2001 we were living in a, Oh I probably went to evil's house mm-hmm. Maybe see, I, plus I was in Hollywood at the time and that's when I used to go to there was a Hooters nearby Yeah that would play the WWF uh, mm-hmm, pay-per-views mm-hmm. on the TVs and that was one of those I forget which one one of those was where I was like two seats down at the bar. From the Miz, right? From those, and we were literally the only people at the bar. Yeah. And the Miz was two seats down. Yes. But it was before he got into the WWF.
2: Because I remember we, I went to Yankee Doodles a couple times to watch pay-per-views there. They'd do that. And I went to Evol's house a couple times too. Mm, but by yeah. and large, I didn't really watch a ton of pay-per-views
1: back yeah. then because I was broke. So it's fun. We enjoy it. Oh, I love it. I love I, Man, I'm a, I'm a big history buff. I, I keep on watching this show. I'll watch it over and over again. There's this great show called America in Color mm. on the Smithsonian channel, which it's awesome they have a Smithsonian channel. That's great. Um, and they take they do a really good job colorizing a bunch of old black and white See, footage. that's cool. So it's really, as long as it's well done, it's cool. I, lo- I love that. So, yeah, when it's bad, it's hard to watch. Um, I love, no, I love watching old pay-per-views. I'm glad that we sort of found a format and a formula that could work for us on a once a month basis. Yep. We could do, I really like just do, I like doing the research, the behind the scenes stuff. Like, you know listening to a podcast, reading a couple episodes, issues of the Wrestling mm-hmm. Observer. Uh, to me, I like that. Uh, Cody Miles fixed the, uh, the, the document. He said it's 237 unique names. Okay. 237 people under. It's interesting
2: with them signing basically everybody now. Mm-hmm. They only have 70 more roster members than they did in 2001.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's but then in 2001, it was WCW, ECW. Oh, I know. All the big companies. Yeah, I know. You know. It's interesting. So, yeah, it is interesting. Anyways, want to say thanks everybody for hanging yes, thank out you with very us. Much. Uh, we this is going up tomorrow on Saturday. Yes. Uh, so this is the last. What do we have So on Sunday we have Matt Chat. Correct. Christmas Eve we have Frendo Awards in the morning, mm-hmm. and then as
2: soon as the West Coast feed of Raw ends, mm-hmm. our Raw recap because we were there in, here in town when they That's did it. Right, yeah. And then Christmas Day, I believe, is a count out. Wrestlers, 10 wrestlers who had the best 2018.
1: Yeah, so we're going to have some for you every day through the holidays. Yes. However, uh, this is our last live public uh, live stream mm-hmm. before then. So thank you all. We'll see you guys next week. And until then, we'll
2: talk to you later. Happy holidays, everybody. Merry Christmas.
1: Happy holidays.
2: Bye.